Hello and welcome everyone to the Musical JJ podcast. Hello, it's Jamie here, Jamie Pemberton, and I'm excited to speak with you for another podcast. It's been a long few days and the weather has been getting a lot colder down here, but my loyal listeners, I have not forgot you. Now, I've just finished audiobooking The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. I loved that book. If I could, I would send each of you a copy, but unfortunately, I don't know how many of you actually listen to my podcast, and... I wouldn't be able to send it to you even if I wanted to. But go do yourself a favour and get that book. You will not regret it. Trust me. Okay. And the following paragraph is from the book. And it sums up. All the book, essentially. And we're going to just just go over each area for our podcast. <clears throat> the habit loop is a three-step loop. First, there is a Q. And that is Q with a C. Then there's a trigger that tells your brain to go into automatic mode and which habit to use. Then there is a routine which can be physical or mental or emotional. Finally, there is a reward which helps your brain figure out if this particular loop is worth remembering for the future. Oh, thank you. Well, you're welcome. I live to please. Now, there's uh, several case studies explored by Charles Duhigg here, looking at the queue. Or the which is the trigger, then he looks at the routine and the reward. Now, I'm going to use uh, Michael Phelps' uh, example from Charles Duhigg because I love sport and I think it's a pretty damn cool story. Mr. Duhigg uses here. I didn't watch the 200 meter butterfly in 2008 Olympics in Beijing because I was on my mission at the time. 
However, I heard about it, which resulted in me viewing it. And now looking back at it, and you're probably thinking, okay, Jamie, this is all great, but I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. And you wouldn't be alone there. <laughs> anyway, he had water leak into his goggles in the 200 butterfly final from the very start and he essentially raced the final 50 meters blind and he pretty much had to count or guess essentially to be more accurate how many strokes he had to do before he hit the wall and pretty sure his trainer was Bob Bowman. And every time uh, Michael Phelps would get nervous or anxious, Bob would just sat, tell him, watch the videotape. And that was kind of like a trigger. To, to a routine where he would basically visualize what he was going to do and then make sure that he was prepared. And Bob Bowman tried to make sure that he was prepared for anything like this. And it certainly came in handy at this time. Like for example, it was one time he actually stood on his goggles until they broke, so he was able to swim blind in a controlled situation or scenario. But this time, like having le leaky goggles, and I've swum with leaky goggles, it's very tough. Not impossible, but yeah, he would have had to have swum pretty much with his eyes closed. And what happened was he, he counted about 20 to 21 strokes. And butterfly is probably one of the hardest strokes that you could do. So when he reached the wall and he realized the, his goggles were full of water... He immediately went into his habit and he had that trigger which was put in his mind by his coach through all those training situations saying watch the videotape. In his mind he could stay calm which is important. And then he was able to decide what the best thing would be to do. And so he ended up counting one at a time 
up from between 1 to 21. And he reached out, touched the wall, and he looked up. He not only had won the gold medal, but he had broken the world record. Or broke the world record. That is cool. Although some, as you will find out that that trigger, or as you can find out the Pavlovian, uh, like approaches, uh, and if not too many people have heard of Pavlov, He's a, I think he's a scientist or a social scientist anyway. He um, had a dog and he would ring the bell and after ringing it, he would feed the dog with um, food, obviously. Anyway, he he did this continually until like the dog started sliming you could say or salivering upon hearing the bell whereas when he saw the food he started would start salivering that probably makes no sense but this um, can be used, this trigger can be used against us and can, this little trick can actually lead to addiction. And I can't remember the lady's name that it's, the story is about, but we it's quite a sad story about how her Gambling addiction, which she used as kind of like a calming mechanism with her parents failing, and she turned to that to kind of cope. Even though she had initial success and had a little system where she said, I I will only spend a certain amount of money. When it got to a stage where that became kind of automatic. And she didn't have to think about it. And then uh, you you get the reward. For example, with this lady, she got a rush from it. Either the rush from winning or just the rush from the distraction. And I'll be honest with myself, I have that. I know exactly how that feels. And I'm sure each of you know how that feels too. And if it's a good feeling, the odds are quite high that we're going to repeat that. And if we do it again and again, the behavior will become automatic. And if it is to our favor, then we will 
become better for it. And if it's not to our betterment, if it's for the worse, then ultimately it will lead us downhill. For this, um, this story had a bit of a sad end. Where this lady ends up being bankrupt. And basically, there was nothing she could do about it. Absolutely nothing. I won't spoil the story for you. But I guess the lesson's there. We are responsible for what choices we do from day to day. And I'm sure each of us have some habit that we're proud of and some that we're not. That is just dragging us down. Oh, I've I've got plenty of habits that I'm not proud of. But this isn't about me. It's about how we can grow together. And the framework that Charles Duhigg actually came up with was a pretty ingenious one, actually. And we will go over it in a moment. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Useful JJ Podcast. When I left you, I said that I would discuss a framework that Duhigg had come up with and I'm sure it wasn't just him, it was probably more a upsum of all his research and all that jazz. Okay, the first step was to identify the routine. For example, say I eat too much chocolate and I normally eat the chocolate while I'm watching a movie. Number two. Step two, experiment with rewards. So, we can try and say, well, instead of going to chocolate, I might go for sliced up apple or dried apple. And then isolate the cue, which means to break things up. Maybe try, go for a walk. Maybe part of the way through the movie. And then come back and watch the rest of it. And I... Yeah. And that will probably make things a little bit easier. And it won't set off that trigger. Because you're... Actively thinking, not passively. And then have a plan. So, plan your way forward. 
plot your way forward. Make sure you're thinking, though. That was probably one of the biggest things I picked up. When you're not thinking, you're thinking in habit. But when you are thinking, you're not thinking in habit. And a lot of, it's very much easier to, to go into automatic mode. Like I heard the old saying, we're going to sit down watching Brain Dead TV. And I can think of that as like a habit. And this is giving us some segue or transition into willpower. Now, I'm not going to quote anyone. This is just from my own experience. But we are able to choose our own destiny. We are responsible for our choices. And for every choice, there is a consequence. And sometimes that consequence doesn't materialize until later in life. For example... Probably with children examples, but anyway, if you decide I'm gonna run every day for 30 minutes, and or in my case, walk, and Say you you keep that up for a couple of years. Fast forward a couple of years, you're a lot fitter. And you're able to walk long distances. And it certainly can come in handy sometimes. Especially when you don't have a car. And that's what happened to me. Okay. Where was I? Oh yeah. Willpower. And the important thing is, though, willpower is a good thing to have. On the other hand, we've got to be very, very careful when we say, oh, we just got to have willpower. Willpower's everything, right? Not necessarily. Willpower, if you switch the words around, it's the power of the will, power of the mind. It is very easy to go into routines that we set up, old traditions, getting set in our ways. And we like easy. Easy is fun. Easy is something we don't have to think about. Which is why we've got to at least allocate some time each day whereupon we can spend time thinking actively, not passively. Being agents to act and not being acted upon by our habits. Like I've been told by quite a few doctors and also read by quite a lot of like 
gurus, self-help gurus, that journaling is probably one of the healthiest things we could do. You can write down our ideas, our feelings, our fears. And I've been recently getting into that habit, and I tell you what, it's doing wonders for me. And I can promise you it will do wonders for you too. And my own, from my own experience, willpower is a consequence in a lot of ways of our own prior choices. And it will only get stronger as we make the... I'm going to say something quite controversial and say make the right choices. And, or even just the smart choices, probably a better word. We've got to pay attention to our body. We've got to listen. At the same time, we've also got to be not be unafraid to. think and to be different and to do different things to try to avoid getting stuck in a rut time goes by way too fast and addictions are very easy to be formed because they're easy but they sap they sap willpower and we don't and we don't think about it. And then say two two hours pass and say you just constantly checking Facebook and doing little else. I'm not gonna condemn you for doing it. You can do what you want. It's your life. However, having seen people that have been there, they feel horrible. That's why it's it's so important that willpower being a consequence. Try, you want to choose the best consequences, and having the right habits, but not letting, but you controlling your habits. And not letting your habits control you is so important. So here's the tips of the day from the Musical JJ. Be spontaneous. Be grand. Be out there. Do different things. Seek different skills. Have a growth mindset. Don't be afraid to go out there and live your dreams. Try to learn something new and this is the big one. Keep a journal. Well, that will be the podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. 
Please don't be afraid to leave messages and hopefully I can discuss what you, the questions you ask or what you say on there and say what you want. I'm quite open to questions or even criticisms. And those of you who are suffering in this winter, hang in there, it's just started, but make the best of it. And those of you in the Northern Hemisphere who are experiencing summer, enjoy it while it lasts. Anyway, stay positive, stay useful, and enjoy the journey.